Support for this podcast comes from Smartwater. Want to get a little more from every sip? Smartwater Alkaline doesn't just taste crisp and pure. It's loaded with everything you need to perform at your best, whether you're running marathons or boardroom meetings. Elevate how you hydrate and pick up a Smartwater Alkaline today. To learn more, visit drinksmartwater.com. Welcome back to Talk in the Draft. How's everybody doing? We are, it's Tuesday now, you'll listen to this Wednesday, so we are like four days from the end of the NFL Draft. I hope you guys are all feeling good about it still. I know I am. Uh, the, the more that I think about the draft, I think the more, the happier I am, really, because <laughs> we'll... Will McClay was was on the radio today at 105.3 The Fan and a, and a bunch of other places. He was doing his, you know, MVP media stop stuff. And he was talking about how closely rated Trevon Diggs and Neville Gallimore were. And I don't know if Gallimore was rated ahead or, or ranked ahead of Trevon Diggs, but it was close. And they ended up taking digs because of the positional value and the overall need of the pick. And I know Joey Ikes on Twitter said something about that. And I didn't, you know, see if, if anything else was said, but I heard something later on Twitter about, you know, flawed process and stuff like that. And I just, I don't agree because they were so closely rated. You know what I mean? Like we, 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 we mentioned this like leading up to the draft, how like that isn't considered when they're dressing your board, that's considered two players having almost identical grades and you're going, okay, we need a corner more than we need a defense alignment. And there's nothing wrong with doing that. No, 100%. Absolutely agree. But we already talked a little bit about all of the, the guys that they actually drafted. So we thought that it might be a good idea to go through and talk about some of these guys uh, that they picked up in free agency. And uh, is there anyone out of out of all of these names? Okay, I'm going to throw this on you. We did not talk about this pre-show. If one of these guys is going to make the team, who are you staking your reputation on? Oof. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give you two different answers to that because I think my guy in this free agent class is Aaron Parker, the Rhode Island wide receiver. Um, I think he brings a little bit different of a dynamic to the wide receiver room that they kind of don't have right now. Um, you know, similar size as those guys, but not a great route runner, more of a guy that's just going to go up and catch the football, which, you know, CeeDee Lamb can do all those things. Michael Gallup can do all those things. But he's more of that big bodied box out type of guy that's going to go up, get the football um, can play a little bit in the slot, but I think he's more of that X-style receiver. Um, but that's probably, if you're telling me who I'm putting my reputation on, oh man, that, that gets that gets tricky because I think you would probably go with Francis Bernard because of the, the, the ability for him to make the roster, or you might go with one of the running backs because they really only have two running backs. So 
To answer your question, I'm going to go with Darius Anderson, the TCU running back, a guy that we saw at the Senior Bowl that that has some some good vision as a runner, can catch the ball out of the backfield, um, lacks like the the super long end speed. You know, we saw him get caught at the end zone um, in one of the in one of the plays in the game that we saw. But uh, you know, he's a good athlete. He carries the ball well with good vision. Um, just has you know ne- never really put it all together in the TCU running game. Like they had multiple running backs. Uh, they used the other. I'm not even gonna try to pronounce. Do you not know pronounce Siwo? No, we're not even going to try it. I just call him Sewell. Sewell, yeah. So, so they had multiple runners, um, but Anderson's a uh, you know he's probably he's probably got the best shot to make the roster because they don't have a true running back three going into to this year. And if they do decide to carry three running backs, he would probably have the best shot. Wow, blatant disrespect toward Jordan Chun, just unreal disrespect that you're throwing towards him uh yeah they no, don't I, have a third running back wow <laughs> wow i think that francis bernard has a, a really good shot uh, he would I think be my that, second answer for what it's worth yeah i think that you know when it comes to these linebackers you have lve we hope jalen smith sean lee joe thomas and then Justin March Lillard still around. I mean, like, I like Francis Bernard. So I can see him being that, you know, last linebacker to make it. And, you know, with the 55-man rosters this year, you're going to look at – and I don't know the rules behind the, the extra two spots or whatever, but having an extra linebacker to play special teams is never a bad idea. Those guys bang around a lot. He's somebody who is, you know, uh, kind of a playmaker in coverage. I, I really actually like his game quite a bit. Yeah. I just think that he's a little bit undersized and, you know, banging around play after play after play probably isn't going to work out for him at the next level. But we've seen day three linebackers come in and produce at the NFL level with relative ease. And I think that if he's able to, you know, help his functional play strength a little bit we're looking at a guy that can be your you know third linebacker type kind of dude in the future now obviously they have sean lee there so they don't have to and, and joe thomas is a good uh linebacker but you know in the in the near future sean lee won't be there forever we don't know the future of joe thomas who is a little bit older as well so i can see a guy like francis bernard making this team yeah no i agree with everything you said you know bernard's got you know, his tape was actually pretty impressive. He had a draftable grade for me. Um, a guy that we saw at the Senior Bowl, you know, he had some issues coming out of BYU, but he gets to Utah and he actually kind of settled down and, uh, you know, sat in real well there and didn't really have any issues after leaving BYU. So I think his issues are kind of in the past, it seems. And, you know, he's, uh, you know, he's matured a lot on the field, off the field. And, and again, his tape at Utah fit in with a lot of those Utah defenders, just tough, gritty, hard-nosed football players. Um, you know, the, the, he just fits in real well with Utah, and I think he's got, like you said, probably got a really good shot to make this roster as the sixth or, sixth or seventh linebacker that's going to perform on special teams. But talking, I didn't, I didn't get, I gave you Darius Anderson as my answer, but I really want to talk about Aaron Parker as well. Um, Aaron Parker is a guy that I saw actually watching Isaiah Coulter, the other Rhode Island wide receiver, and I actually ended up liking Aaron Parker more than Isaiah Coulter. Um, they're different guys, you know. Isaiah's more athletic, speed guy. Uh, Parker's like he's like the perfect late round. He's like the Ant- Antonio Gandy Golden 
uh, just a bigger guy, uses his frame well. He's going to win in contested situations. His, his hands are really good. Um, again, that ability to go up and get the football, he has that my ball mentality. Uh, his ball skills, his body control are impressive. He made some really nice grabs um, on tape, just adjusting in midair, making, making catches away from his frame. Um, so I think he's got a really good shot to come in. Um, he's a bigger guy, but I think, yeah, I think he can play in this slot. He's got that big body ability out of the slot to kind of use his frame. Um, you know, he's not a great route runner. He's not going to be a big-time separator because of his lack of agility, his lack of long speed. But uh, I think he's a cat that you can you can play outside, you can play inside. He can use his ball skills, his catch radius, his body control to kind of make some of those tough catches across the middle and down the field. Um, I think he's an all-three-level player, um, and I think that this team doesn't have a real option. You know, I think they they're gonna they're gonna bank on Cedric Wilson um, and maybe the possibility of Noah Brown coming back. But if they want to go young. Uh, at the wide receiver position, I think Aaron Parker's got a really good chance to come in and compete for one of those last receiver spots. Yeah, so out of out of all of these guys, who is one guy that you hope makes the team over somebody else? And you don't have to say, you know, who that somebody else is. Um, but no, is I there mean, anybody? I think we should. It, well, if we want to call out Dallas Cowboys, like I'm not all about that, but I mean, we we could, and, and I wouldn't be super upset about that. But you know, Connor, I'm I'm trying to be a, a nicer person online. <laughs> That's what I've I've tried to do over over time here. But I will go and I will slander a name if I have to. Yeah, let's hear it. You start it off. All right. So either Portland State's Charlie. Tiamapu. Mm-hmm. I don't know if that's actually how you say his name. Or Siwu, and I have the pronunciation up here. It's Shewo, actually. Oh, Shewo. Wow. Yeah, so it's not even Siwo. It's Shewo. Olanula. Olanulua. Olanulua. Oh, that's a nightmare. Just uh, you need so to just cut, it, cut him out of the conversation now, so we don't have to pronounce that for years. Number thirty-three. Uh, there you no, go. Yeah, uh, six foot two and a half, or six foot two and over a little bit over a half of an inch. There, two hundred and thirty-two pounds. Bigger dude looks like a linebacker out on the field. His hands are okay. He doesn't have the contact balance in the open field that you would really hope from a guy that big, but. He's done pretty well in short yardage situations. Uh, when he has to get one or two, he's able to lower his shoulder and go. But more than anything, I'm just kind of tired of paying to the fullback any money whatsoever. And if a guy like Shaywell or a guy like Charlie T, who is a little bit, you know, pretty much the, the same size at, you know, six foot two, 240 pounds, more of an H back than he is a tight end, maybe seeing a transition from tight end to fullback for Charlie T. That would be fantastic, in my opinion, because he's somebody who played pretty well at the Senior Bowl. I, I actually liked his tape half decent. He ended up with a, a pretty low grade for me just because he's a, you know, a somewhat limited athlete and he's a small school tight end. And you know, But if he's going to take the job of someone who literally whiffed on the easiest pass catch of all time, <laughs> I'm okay with that. I thought it was funny when people blamed Dak for that pass. Oh, hilarious. I mean, I was like... Good Lord, man. Woo! Um, you took my guy, and I was going to go Charlie 
Poe. How do you, I mean, you're good at that. I don't even know how you're so good at pronouncing that. But yeah, uh, um, so I actually no BS here. Um, I have the beast up right now, and he has gotcha. all of the pronunciations. That so I'm gonna say it right now: Charles, Charlie, to. Oh. Tomoy Payal. Oh. oh, that's even worse. <laughs> Tomoy Payal. Uh, he's, he's born in Tonga, uh, which explains why I can't say his name. Uh, I mean, that is that is seriously a nightmare. So it's T-O-U-M-O-I. This is how you're supposed to say it. T-O-U-M-O-I-P-A-W-O-U. So uh, we're going to have to get him on the horn. So he can say his name because, like, I like this kid, but I'm just going to call him – and here's the issue. I can't call him Charlie T. Why not? Because Charlie T is the name of fighters from Vietnam. Mm. They were the bad guys. They were – yeah. Uh, so we fought Charlie T. It was the Viet Cong. Gotcha. Um, so I can't even call him that. So I can call him like Charles T maybe. Um, but uh, I'm just going to kind of stay away from that one. Charlie. We're just going to call him Charlie there for now. Go. I my, like Charlie. My guy is going to be, and I know we were saying picking somebody over somebody else. Um, I think I would have to go with Kansas edge rusher Azur Kamara um, okay. over okay. a guy like Jalen Jelks. Um, Kamara is a complete projection. You know, you're kind of you don't have any sure thing there, but is a sixth to seventh pass rusher on your team. I'd rather have that high upside there than the you know productive might give you a sack or two a year like. I'd rather have that high-end projection. Um, I think Kamara could also play some some linebacker as well, like some Sam linebacker too. Um, Kamara's just a freak athlete. You know, he, he ran a four five nine forty. Um, the broad jump was explosive. Everything about Kamara you like, except the game itself, which is again that's why he's your fifty fifth man on your roster, your fifty fourth man on your roster. Um, the length is absolutely insane. He, he weighed in the 35 and a quarter inch arms. So the length is just absurd. Um, he's undersized. So he's kind of that tweener mold between that outside linebacker pass rusher. Um, but that's what he's going to do. He's going to be a guy that you're going to line up on the right side on third downs um, and just tell him to run quick and fast and try to bend the edge. And he's not a bendy guy. He doesn't have the real flexible hips, which is the biggest knock on him um, was my biggest knock on him coming out of Kansas, which is why I didn't see him as being a draftable player um, you don't see that ability to bend you don't see that ability to dip the edge win the edge consistently but the first step quickness um, and the length is there you see that and he's got those athletic and physical traits if he can just put it all together um, I think he has a chance to maybe ha- offer you some high upside as a pass rusher he's not going to offer you a lot as a run defender with his hand in the dirt but he could probably play some of that 4-3 uh, Sam linebacker as well just coming downhill taking on blocks you know being being aggressive and being fast so He'd be a guy that I'd be interested in that can play some special teams, can play some linebacker, and play some right defensive end for you. Um, and if this defense is looking at doing some multiple um, odd and even fronts, then I think he's a player that you'd want to kind of have at the bottom of your roster that can do a few different things for you. Exaggerations and half-truths aren't new in politics. But now, with AI, people can create fake videos of candidates to sway your vote. I'm former U.S. Attorney Preet Bharara, and I've teamed up with technology expert and law professor Nita Farahani on my podcast, Stay Tuned with Preet, 
for a three-part miniseries, AI on Trial. Our second episode presents the hypothetical case of a hotly contested Senate race that is derailed when the leading candidate is accused of using AI to enhance his performance and hurt his opponent. How are we supposed to know when the technology becomes very difficult to validate something as truth or lies? Do existing laws, policies, and government agencies sufficiently safeguard the political process? Political speech is so tightly protected under First Amendment that it makes regulating in this space a real challenge. And what needs to happen to protect democracy in time for the real presidential election in November? When our elections are so close, where it comes down to nail-biting endings, a few voters here and there can really lead to differences in outcomes. The episode is out now. Search Stay Tuned with Preet wherever you get your podcasts. Yeah, I don't disagree with that. Uh, Azur is somebody who I just kind of dug into just a little bit this morning after I saw John Oning talking about him a little bit. Um, I do the, the, the physical attributes, like you said, they're there. Right. I mean, somebody who is still, you know, somewhat new to football where he started playing football when he was in, you know, later in his high school career, um, had 25 and a half sacks as a senior in high school. And that just kind of shows like he was a, a freak athlete all the way dating back to there. Um, originally from the Ivory coast in West Africa, uh, family, family immigrated to the United States when he was 10. So he played soccer growing up. Then he started playing football. Um, he went to Juco for two years. So probably a guy like, like you said, he is raw. Um, and so I, I think that when you get him with a guy like Jim Tom Sula, that's somebody who could, you know, you would hope kind of mold this kid into a little bit of a football player, somebody who with that athleticism can can bring you some juice as your, you know, six pass rusher. Um, but, you know, when you look at the team overall, you're hoping that you have Tank and you have uh, Tyrone Crawford and you have uh, – I mean, right now, that's yeah, the you thing. Have tank, you have – you have Tank, you have Tyrone, Dorrance you have Armstrong, you you have Dorrance, Joe you Jackson, have, you have who? Joe Jackson. Yeah, but like Joe, it, it's gonna be. I want to go like the top six guys. So let's talk about that. It's Ty. It's Demarcus Lawrence, Tyrone Crawford. Behind uh-huh. that, it's a lot of unknown because we just don't know for sure that Alan. But Smith you and- expect, but you expect those guys to be back. You expect Randy Gregory. You expect Alden Smith to be back. So that's four right there, right? right. And they're probably going to carry six. And to then seven. you have Dorrance Armstrong and Bradley and I behind them. So, like, I don't think I see a way that he makes the team. But like you said, like he's so raw, I can't imagine another team actually picks him up. So I can I, I can see him being a guy who you can stash on on the practice squad and hope to develop. And then, you know, uh, at the end of the day, you don't know. You you hope to God and you hope for the best for Alden Smith and Randy Gregory. But at the end of the day, you, you can't right. count on those guys. No. You, you shouldn't count on those guys. Whatever you get from those two is gravy. Right. Yeah, and, and I mean – Honestly, like what you were just mentioning about stashing on the practice squad, if it comes to that, I feel like they're probably going to stash Rondell Carter over Azir Kamara because of the money that they gave Carter in free agency. So, I mean, yeah, they Car- gave him 20K, right? Carter's a guy I like a little bit too. I like 
you know, I think you project more with Kamara just because of the the length and the, the the speed and everything. But I think Carter's probably a safer prospect, a guy that's kind of got more of the tool belt uh, ready to contribute. Um, again, he's he's got some things he needs to clean up. He needs to use his hands better. He needs to use his length better. But if we're talking about more pro-ready, it's probably Carter, more upside, it's probably Kamara. So that could be an interesting, you know, final cut-down decision that we see the team make between two edge rushers. Yeah, I can see that happening too. Anybody uh, else you want to talk about before we get out of here? Uh, let's look at it here. Um, honestly, like we we saw Sean McKeon at the Senior Bowl. Like, did you notice anything from him at all? I didn't like. I mean, pe- people thought he was good at Michigan, but I didn't like his tape in Michigan either. Yeah. Um. I mean, I think that we need to talk about Terrence Steele and Kendrick Rogers. We are a Dallas Cowboys podcast, kind of, and, I mean, mostly. And those are, are two guys from Texas, one very, very toolsy. The other one, a lot, a lot of people have asked me about Kendrick Rogers, and I think it is wild that I'm getting so many questions <laughs> about Kendrick Rogers, who had 700 yards throughout his four years in college. But everybody remembers him for the plays that he makes. He doesn't make many plays whatsoever, obviously, but the ones that he makes sticks in people's brains. It's very Bryce Butler-esque in he, that aspect. He reminds me of, uh, was it Durano Wilson that came out of Mississippi State the same year as Dak? Just a tall... Like he doesn't even look big, but he he plays big. Um, but they he reminds me a lot of the Dorana Wilson that I think passed away, if I'm not mistaken, this year. So rest in peace, if that's correct. But that's who that's when I was watching Wilson coming out of Mississippi State. That's what I saw in Kendrick Rogers. I didn't grade him, but when I was watching a lot of Courtney Davis, Rogers would show up, and I would be like, man, that that reminds me of the Wilson kid that came out of Mississippi State a few years ago. Yeah, I, I don't know if I, I don't know if I remember him, but my memory is, it's pretty. Terrible, the only reason so. I remember him is because I remember when Dak was coming out, like, he was like, like Dak kind of made Wilson into a NFL prospect that great year he had at Mississippi State. Yeah, but you know, Terrence Steele. Um, I mean, we have a lot of assets on this offensive line, and we have an All-American still hanging around as well. Um, I, I don't know if you remember that or not, but Mitch we Hyatt? do. Yeah, we have Mitch Hyatt hanging around, bro. Yeah. Um, no, Mitch Hyatt's bad. Um, Brandon Knight is around. Um, I think that, I mean, he's your swing tackle, right? Yeah, I mean... <laughs> we don't have anybody else. I thought so, he played pretty well in preseason and when he did play some in training camp and everything, so... Yeah, and honestly, at the end of the day, I'm going to bring this up. I could see a world where Connor Williams is your swing tackle. Uh, I could do. And Connor McGovern is your left guard, and Tyler Beatish is your center. And Joe Looney's your backup center. I could too. Um, so yeah, I mean, I I could see that being a thing. But with Terrence Steele, like, there's there's some upside there. He's got really really long arms. Um, he moves pretty well. I I like his his pass set most of the time. He just he his his upper body mechanics are bad. Uh, he, he's got an in, inconsistent strike placement and timing. He 
is a waste bender, which you hate to hear. Um, but he's just he's a bit quick with things, and that really really hurts him in pass protection. So if if they're able to you know fix some of those technical issues that he has, this is somebody who could be you know a, a swing tackle for years to come. Uh, with you know his 35 and a quarter and an eighth inch arms, he's athletic. He's got an 85 and a half inch wingspan, so he's got broad shoulders. Uh, he ran a 503, so you know he can move. Um, and so yeah, like I, this is a kid that I'm kind of actually excited about, and I'm somebody who hates bad offensive linemen. So uh, for me to be excited about you know uh, an undrafted free agent offensive tackle. You know, I, I see the physical attributes with this kid. Yeah, I mean, like some of the other guys we talked about today, he's more of a traits guy than a stepping in play right away. But, I mean, those traits guys can turn into something with, with good coaching and, and good development. So that's that's on the Cowboys' new coaching staff. It's not something we saw, you know, years in the past where the coaching staff was able to really develop guys. But this new staff, you're hoping you can get some of these guys with, with long arms and quick, quick twitch and, and you can develop them into something. But... That's kind of the projection that we see with some of these guys, and and I think we touched on a lot of them. I mean, there's some guys we didn't get to, but I think that you know a lot of the the Garrett Marinos, you know, there's just not going to be a lot of space for guys like that. Even though I think he does have some pass rush upside, uh, Ladarius Hamilton has some upside as well. But it's just it's going to come down to I think you know you're looking at you know one of these running backs making the roster potentially, um, and then you you know you could look at like I said a couple of these edge rushers, the linebacker, and then one or two of these wide receivers, and that's probably what you're going to be looking at. I don't have anything else for the boys and girls. Let's get out of here then. We wanted to keep it quick, keep it sweet, and just give them a nice little uh, UDFA preview. Yeah, man, sounds good to me. I would like to thank Blog and the Boys for allowing us to talk on their podcast. Um, do you have anybody else that you would like to thank, Connor? Um. The same people you just thanked. Okay. Vox Media. Okay. Yeah, we can thank Vox as well. That would work. I'd like to thank Will McClay for having a great draft. I would too. It was very nice of him to do that. It was. It was. So, yeah, that's all I got. Yeah, this this has been Talking the Draft. I don't know what's going to come up next. Uh, Maybe we will talk about some names to look forward to in the 2021 draft. In the next episode, just give you guys a a quick primer because, listen, I'm not diving into these dudes right away. I've already said that. I would like to quickly bring up I'm, – I'm sad that we got outbid for Courtney Davis. Yeah. Yeah, we mentioned that. I am sad about that. To yeah. finish off last podcast, yeah. but let's mention that again. That sucks. Still, s- still sad about it. But yeah. uh, this has been a lot of fun, guys. Thank you all for – if you guys – are listening to this podcast and you bought either or both of Connor or I's draft guides this year. Expect a lot more coming your way next year. Um, I'm hoping to get 300 full reports next year on top of ranking about 500 people total. I'm going to try to streamline my process a little bit. Um, But until next time, I love you guys.